just being so One, and just troubleshooting. Five. Welcome to Lights oh, in the Sky. Oh, we got a spillage. Oh, no, you got to get the holder. Drink it, put it over your mouth, so to speak. Mm. Um, whoa, that was, that was. I was about to start the episode really flat, but then there we go. You've yeah. just opened a beer and it's bit just of, started to pour everywhere. A bit of beer ejaculation there. <laughs> Um, did was there any drippage? Droppage? Uh, the elusive moose uh, holder caught it, I think. So I think we're all right. Stubby holder. Yeah. Jeepers! I can't believe you were so slow to react. It was like fizzing over, and you were doing nothing. But it was but going into the holder, so I thought it's fine. The holder's got holes in the bottom. Yeah, minimal. <laughs> oh man! Um, did I do anything? Did I start yet? Not. Did yet, we no. start yet? Um, welcome to Lights in the Sky episode. 81 casual chat about uncasual things i'm luke and uh tony is here uh with luke in our penultimate episode of the year that's right so we've got um one more episode after this uh our christmas spooktacular is that what we call no, it no 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 our christmas spooktacular our ho ho homeless holiday special species <laughs> that's right um Okay, so uh, the for the, for newbies, for noobs, for new listeners, new listeners, um, this is where we'll, this is the show where we will have a quick catch up, do some admin at the top end, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then uh, you have brought in a story from uh, somewhere, a paranormal story Last. to educate me on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, this is probably going to be the last one of that format. You're the last, the last one for the year. Yep, mm. the la- last, the last Perry Normie Tower because we've got something special for our Ho Ho Homus episode. Is that right? Ho Ho Homus. It's <laughs> not even right. <laughs> <laughs> it's way off. Yeah. Um. So, have you had a good week? Anything paranormal this week? Uh, I um. This week went to went to Queenstown, which is a delight. Um. For oh, for people that don't know where Queenstown is. Google Queenstown, New Zealand. It's amazing. It's a really good spot. Amazing. There was actually a story about uh, its sister town, Wanaka, uh, uh, this morning that was on um, BBC that was published around um, the world. But people were lining up at Roy's Peak in the selfie queue. Did you see this? Oh, jeez, no. It's like 70 people standing in a line for this, meant to be this selfie of on top of this mountain peak looking out over the lake of Wanaka and the basin, this feeling of isolation alone aloneness aloneness christmas loneliness alone loneliness and yeah and they actually sort of looked at the line and there's about 70 people standing behind them in this line waiting to get the selfie it's like man um and i felt that with queenstown eh? there was just so many people there it was it was pumping but yeah almost almost too much but i had a visitor that came back with me in my uh from uh from queenstown. interstellar visitor um it was an a creepy crawly visitor so i opened my bag when i got back uh, yeah. to to christchurch on um on wednesday evening and this massive white tailed spider climbed out of my climbed out of my pants really <laughs> i had a pair of pants i had worn and i went to throw them in my washing basket and this massive spider just 
crawled out of my pants. Oh my goodness. Yeah, are spiders in my trousers. Um, we don't have spiders generally that can do any damage in this country. There's the, maybe two, a white tail and white, a caterpillar. Yeah. This thing was massive. It's the biggest spider I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. And you've seen some spiders. I've seen some spiders. You've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I have. Goodness. So that was a, that was. So big. what do you do? You killed it, obviously. Um, I, I don't like death. So you threw it over the fence. Cooked it a nice meal. I threw it over the fence. Really? Yeah. You love your neighbours, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting it back to them. Uh, do you but I couldn't get it out of my pants. There was a spider. Hey, the spider houses. or what? Yeah, it was. It was really awkward. It was. I'm sort of. I was outside, like throwing my pants over the fence, trying to get the spider out. Doing of Doing the pants dance. Yeah, I didn't have my pants on when I did that. <laughs> because um, I wore the pants I was wearing but I'd taken off my pants and I was like oh throwing everything in the laundry and I was like oh, as I was undressing for my work clothes to throw it in the laundry basket I was like ah oh, might as well unpack my bag so I had de-pantsed yeah. and um, saw the spider so I was running around in, in, in set underwear in backyard throwing my trousers over the fence it was great <laughs> yeah. but we are all good there was no um, spider bites um, that's good yeah we're all we're, we're, we're fully you didn't get a spider bite in your Johnson and it fell off no Okay, don't worry good. about that. that um, Prove it, Pixar. It didn't happen. Not to me. To everyone else. <laughs> Twit picks. <laughs> um, that spider was scary, man. Like I, like I, it's not like I'm scared of the spider. I just didn't want to get bitten and make it ruin my weekend because I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's a, it's the wine and food festival weekend. It's uh, like my favorite weekend of the summer. And I didn't want to get a spider bite on my Johnson for that weekend. I'm just looking forward to a weekend. Last weekend, it was um, two solid days of antenatal classes. Really? I was thinking of you last weekend, thinking, my God. Thanks, man. You've completely, completely ruined your weekend. What a bad decision to have children. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually. But I'm sure there's plenty of other long. weekends that the ch- child will ruin for you as well. So, Well, I'm, I'm an overthinker. So I'm the sort of person that if uh, something happens when we're having the baby and I don't know about it, I'll just be like, okay, well, I guess I'll start planning funerals. <laughs> Because I'm just an over, just really an overthinker. Worst case scenario, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, it's a little bit like hypochondria, but for yeah. others as well. So it's worse. <laughs> um, so uh, I think I, it's important to go to those things so that I just know everything that could go on. Um, and yeah, it was fine. Did you meet any new best friends for life from your BFFs? Um, don't know. What's the crowd like that? Were there were there many other prospective parents there? Or? Yeah, yeah. There was about nine other couples, um, all from in and around my satellite town. If, if if you're better friends with them than you are with me, I will hurt you. <laughs> the way um, you hurt me. It's got to make a joke around that. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I mean, it, was, it wasn't It was like, because you can elect to do these things over six weeks, and or you can just knock it out on a weekend, so yeah. to speak. So we just did it on a weekend. So there's less of that bonding time to um, to make BFFs. Right, less bondage. But uh, it'll be the sort of thing so that... Some would argue that a bit of bondage would, you know, maybe bring you closer, but... Um, I just touched a rail on the bottom of your ironing board, and it made me really dusty. Oh. Do you not clean this ironing board? I don't clean the ironing board, no. There's a scoop forever on I actually, uh, I clean the surface with the lint roller because the cat sits on it and then it gets oh, yeah. hair everywhere on your mm-hmm. clothes. Yeah, so that's, that's that's no good. What's the demographics like on this? Um, is it antenatal? Why is it anti? Antenatal. Class. I don't know. Um, I didn't Google that. Right. What's um, the, what were the demographics like? Um, around my age. I don't know if this is entertaining to anyone. Any... Um, 
any same sex couples? No. Oh. <laughs> it's difficult to have a baby if you do. Is that two men there? Two dudes, I'm one seeing, of huh? which was pregnant. Seen Junior. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Is that their movie? Yeah. Well, one's twins. Uh, That's Danny DeVito. It's Danny DeVito and, and Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Whereas Junior is also Arnie, but yeah. And that's some terrible movies he made. What's Junior? What's the premise of Junior? He gets pregnant. He gets knocked up. Not, yeah. by, not by Danny DeVito, I think. <laughs> See, this is the weird thing with that. In my mind, because I, I mustn't have thought of those movies for so 15, yeah. probably 30 so years, 20 years. Danny DeVito had sex with Arnold Schwarzenegger and... They were a same-sex couple. No, yeah. no. In my mind, what it was was that... Arnold Schwarzenegger gave birth to Danny DeVito. Ah, well, that makes a bit more <laughs> sense. Because he's small, like a baby. I, I, I guess, but he's he's yeah. He's Someone cool. should write that one, and then I can also not watch that. Like a Junior and Twins crossover yeah. movie. That sounds <laughs> yeah. horrific. And which one's Kindergarten Cop? It's also that's the one with Tim Allen. No, that's Jingle All the Way, where he's trying to get that action figure, and it's Tim Allen. Tim Allen's not on that, is he? Isn't he? Is no. that Christmas with the Cranks? Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking Jingle All the Way is there's the guy who um, he he's the pesky neighbour and and Sinbad, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Sinbad. Isn't it Sinbad? What is Sinbad? Isn't it? I don't know. I think we've gone in a direction here which um, someone We're might... not supposed to be talking about Christmas in this episode. Oh, this is a Christmas free episode. Yeah. Man, it's, we should be saving yeah, this for. Yeah, it's got Sinbad a, in it, starring um, what is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad as two rival fathers. What do you mean, Sinbad? Sinbad, you don't know who Sinbad is? Is that the one? No, I'm thinking Alibaba with the Forty Thieves. <laughs> Sinbad was a sailor, uh, a pirate. David Adkins, better known by his stage name Sinbad, is Americans is an American stand-up comedian and actor. What? Yeah. Jesus. Sinbad. I can't even know Sinbad. I thought you were getting confused for Aladdin. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Sinbad looks a bit like Ice-T and Ice Cube put together. Yeah. Yeah, the show, show, the Sinbad show. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> anyway, this isn't, this isn't a podcast about Sinbad. No, it's a podcast about Christmas with the Cranks. Right? Um, still not right, no. It's <laughs> so a how do we podcast. get onto that? Uh, antenatal class, twins. Uh, yeah, all these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, that Jingle All the Way. Yeah, these terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger Tim movies. Allen, Christmas of the Cranks. Um, yeah, um, so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really, a success. This is really, yeah. This is and uh, and um, I don't know if I'm ditching you for other lifelong friends yet. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Sinbad was was married in 1985 and divorced in 1992 and married again in 2002. Hmm. He's got two kids. Um, all I was getting at was I'm looking forward to this weekend because I'm, I, I was looking forward to this weekend because I was going to just chill because we haven't chilled for a while because we've worked a full week, then had two full days of antenatal classes and then worked a full week again. But now I have three birthdays to go to. Oh, so we've got, we got the uh, the dual nephew birthday. Yeah, and then Tamara's dad and Tamara's brother are close enough together that they're just going to combine them. JV, bit of a joint venture there. Yeah, joint venture. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, 
it's not going to be overly relaxing but meh we'll see that's right for those who don't know we have a we both have a nephew who was born on the same day of the same year where was yours born uh in a hospital where was mine born uh i don't know in the back seat of the car in the hospital car park ah i think i knew that yeah Yeah. (laughs) they didn't make it which is interesting um uh enough birthing stop talking about birth stop having children stop stop procreating people i haven't yet i haven't procreated yet neither neither is procreation getting someone pregnant or actually going through to having a baby like have i procreated I don't think you'll ever procreate. <laughs> you know, well, you know, Arnold just wants an egg. Spoiler alert: my yeah. wife's pregnant. Yeah, I think you are. You, you, I mean, you are a somewhat essential part of the procreation. Um, Thank journey. you. It's I the think. nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all you did was shoot some DNA at your oh, wife. Oh come on! That's all you did. I mean, seriously, that's all you did. But I mean, it's good. I mean, it helped. I've been, been having washing better, machine issues lately. Better, just your, better, just better your DNA at your wife than somebody else's. So, God, very good. That's so horrible. <laughs> hey, it's life, baby. That's what happens. Um, so, washing machine issues. Yeah, I had washing machine issues. Uh, that's kind of abnormal. Does that make it onto the podcast? We'll clean up some spilled DNA. I guess. Oh Jesus. Um, it's a little bit of a gripe. Uh, um what's your washing machine like where's what's the what's the legacy of your washing machine is it uh it's three years old it's a fisher and Paykel. That's not bad that's not bad i'm oh, sorry it was used three like i bought it used three years ago oh okay it's not good yeah which I'm, is why when it broke down i was like oh, this thing's not going to be worth replacing and then my dad gives me the hands me his phone and in his contact list is a guy called <laughs> and his contact list is he no fisher no one is no it was called the name in the in the phone was Murray Dishwasher, <laughs> and so so it turns out it's some friend of his who repairs whiteware, nice. um, dishwashers and washing machines, and so um, he was going to come out and have a look, and so I called him up and I said, you know, I just want to make sure it's viable to fix. You know, this thing is old and was used, and we have the money for a new one anyway, so um, we're going to need one when new baby gets here and stuff. So it's important. Um, so then, um, next day he came out and, um, I left a key out and mum let him in and stuff like that. And, um, then she messaged me in the afternoon saying, dishwasher's all fixed. Um, he's going to call you tonight for payment. I'm like, excellent. And so I'm assuming everything went well. Um, so then I call him that night for payment. He said, yeah, had to, um, I just had to double check that it was worth fixing, but I'm pleased to say I was able to do it for $260. And I'm like, well, the kind of machine I got, I paid like $80 three years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that. And there's brand new ones out there on the market for like three, three fifty. Yeah. So you fix an old one for about three times what the... <laughs> The current one's worth. Yeah, so um, I could have bought another used one between 80 and 100 bucks, mm. which was my plan. And then I thought, no, I'll get this guy to just come and have a look. And he made the call. Uh, thankfully, he said it was discounted from 340 because he knows my parents. Oh, right, right. So that was nice of him. So you got a discounted ripping ripping off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, discounted shafting. Man. It... But dishwasher, I mean, washing machine's working, thanks to Murray Dishwasher. So I'm confused. <laughs> So you said dishwasher before, and then you said washing machine. What was it? His name was Murray Dishwasher, 
But he did the washing machine. It was, he did the washing machine because okay. he does whiteware. Okay. Hence the name Murray Dishwasher. Should be Murray Whiteware then? <laughs> yeah. At least, at least, at least tell uh, Daddy to change that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all right. Have you got- spe- I guess speaking of washing and washing up. Um, you found. I, I can tell by the look on your face. You've segue. got a really good segue that going was the here. Segue here. So we uh, talked last week about the Code Browns. Oh yes. Yeah, for for those of you playing at home, um, last week there was an article I read out. We were trying to ascertain whether it was paranormal or not, um, and it was it was a swimming pool uh, south of here that um, was having code browns. Mm-hmm. I think we all know what a code brown is. It was at a regular time on a at a regular day of the week or something like that. Yes. Um, and they had to shut the pool down something like 11 times in a month or something ridiculous. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, friend of the show, had a friend of the show, uh, J initial M initial, or initial J initial M, um, yeah. her fiance mm. is in the uh, the management of pools, and I tracked them down. You visited? I, I visited, and I spoke, and I, and I, and I brought the, the subject up. So... What I found out is that more often than not, the substances spilled into pools is vomit. That's oh, the most common. That is rank. I know. Some sort of warning before you start <laughs> dropping the V round. Yeah. <laughs> really? Why is that? Is that is that why you can't swim for three hours after uh, eating? It must be. Yeah. <laughs> um, particularly baby vomit. What? Yeah, so. Oh yeah, but babies vomit. Like, yeah. And pools a lot. Yeah. um, But they vomit out of pools a lot. Like they vomit a lot. That's what I'm saying. They do. (laughs) They just happen to be in a pool. Vomit seems to be, yeah, that's the leading, it's the market leader (laughs) in pool contamination is vomit. Yeah. Um, But the code browns do happen. Mm. And um, what you do, it's it's very much, is 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 it runny? Or is it condensed? Oh no! Oh, so no. You, can we just if, if it's condensed, you, can, you, you can fish it out. You can isolate it quite easily. If it's runny, that's the problem. So what they can do is they can <laughs> cycle it through the filtration system in the pools. It's about an hour for the water to go through for filtration. So, so you're saying every piece of water at if you left the pool. Uh, filtering for an hour every piece of water has theoretically gone through it by then that's correct okay so if it's a if it's a if it's a runny mess it's generally can we not it's generally going to be about a three-hour job so the pool because it's got to go through a few times they give it about three goes through if it's intact it's the fish net out you know scoop and scoop. how long it, how long do they shut the pool down for if it's a if it's, if it's a nice solid oh and take you do like an hour just get it filter through and you're good an hour or two Oh. Yeah, grim. So there's your public that pools. Grim. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Again, apologies to anyone who actually came for paranormal. <laughs> so far, you've got antenatal chat, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger chat, and washing machine slash Murray dishwasher and poos chat. Poos chat. Poos chat. Is that at the end of poos chat? That's the end of poos chat. So we answer the question. So there's systems in place. They know how to deal with this. So yeah, cisterns in place. Yeah. Very good. And a toilet poop for the poos and vomit chat we've uh so what do they do when uh, with baby vomit i don't know <laughs> didn't ask <laughs> i was more i was, I was more sort of poos focused yeah yeah clearly yeah. clearly you were okay oh, i reckon um, that i can hear some noises downstairs it must be uber eats arriving for my partner right. um, i should have got mine ordered too because 
I can do that tonight. Um, do you want to um, leap in? Head first. Head into your paranormal story. I think so. Yeah. What, what uh, realm are we dabbling in? Uh, so I haven't. I think I've done a, uh, a, a an UFO one for a while. Um, the last UFO one was like a month ago. Yeah. Over a month ago. So though you UFO'd last week. So um, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> it's rare, but I do it occasionally. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I, I actually I, I'm intrigued when you do it. This is um this this is one thing I've I've, I've had some thoughts about for a while like it's, it's been one of those weird ufo flaps okay <laughs> don't lean on that word so <laughs> and um it's it's a very unconventional ufo flap okay and it happened oh, i remember you teasing me about this mm, one the other week i'm a i'm a tease you call me a ghost rocket tease. just go just keep keep going yeah, teasing we, we teasing your ghost rocket we can, we can keep going here so we're going to talk about uh the ghost rockets of scandinavia 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 yeah all right have you ever heard of have you ever heard of this phenomenon the ghost rocket phenomenon yeah good it's like these rockets that are like see-through and nope. they have sheets nope. over them and no sheets. eye holes no spooks. and then they're like Ooh, i'm a rocket trick, and trick, trick, trick. give me some candy candy like no one got apples and then they're like oh it's just a rocket <laughs> yep very so, good yeah. and on that note we'll call that another episode of ghost rockets that's good i, I do i do like when we talk about ghost rockets and <laughs> you, you sum it up so so beautifully in the summer of 1946, Scandinavia was <laughs> invaded by UFOs. What? Yeah. They were referred to as ghost rockets, and reports surfaced from Norway, Denmark... Sorry, what year? 1946. Oh. Just after Dubba Dubba 2. Yeah, I was going to say, how did they know the term or rocket? the Great Patriotic War, I suppose War, rockets the were in the 50s and stuff as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. well um, the V1, V2s. Yeah, well, that was this is where that's around where, then, and that's where some 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 thoughts come into this around. You know, was this Werner von Braun? Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was actually reading a story today about uh, NASA putting commercial contract out about um, going to uh, going to the moon. Oh yes, about ten companies being invited to um, bid on a commercial contract for lunar uh, building, essentially a, a lunar base to. Really? Stop off on the way to Mars, yeah. Is that part of the Space Force? Could be. <laughs> so uh, they were referred to as ghost rockets, and reports surfaced from Norway, Denmark, Finland, and Sweden that caused brief Sweden. but worrying situations for those countries. Altogether, some 2,000 sightings were logged. 200 of them were caught on radar. Many ufologists consider the ghost rockets to be the first widespread sightings after World War Two, and later became known as uh, what, like what, what later would become known as a UFO flap, as, as we said. As we said. <laughs> so there's been like, there's been like weird UFO sightings in the past. So we know that there's the disc thing. Now we're into triangles. In the past, there's been like ghost rockets. There's been the Foo Fighters, yes. not the band, but following the one that the band was named after. Yeah, correct. Military aircraft of World War Two. There were the mystery airships, which um, we've covered. They they they, uh, they linked around New Zealand, New Zealand and, and other, New South Wales. Yeah, and other parts of um, the world as well. Sort of in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yes. So this is just flaps are plenty. It is, yeah. Mm. Get your flap on, flapper palooza. Yeah, <laughs> that could be a good episode name. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. 
uh, their origin of the ghost rockets to this day is unknown so uh, in order to have it as an episode title we need to say it a few more times okay. so let's just make sure we weave that in okay i'll um i'll get that it's gonna lubricate have a drink this. while i just spell flapper palooza f-l-a-p-a-l-o-o-z-a the sightings during the Flappapalooza <laughs> most often consisted of fast flying rocket or missile shaped objects with or without wings visible for mere seconds instances of slower moving cigar shaped objects were also known a hissing give me a hissing or rumbling <laughs> sound was sometimes reported they sometimes travelled and manoeuvred in formation and usually left no exhaust trail. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about June 9, 1946. Mm-hmm. So a brilliant light streaked over Helsinki, Finland with a smoke trail and the sound of thunder. Give me that uh, foley there. Thunder and then a lightning and a thunder. Thank you. Its luminous trail persisted for 10 minutes. The sighting was repeated the next night as well, and according to news reports, it turned and went back into the direction from whence it came. Hmm? So that's sort of like not a normal missile that would just sort of go in a direction and boom, bang, bang. Yeah. This is up around, turning around, going back, and then doing it again the next night as well. Yeah, it's got some steering mechanism. It has. So uh, three nights later... um, which was uh, in, in Sweden, the Swedish defence staff asked military personnel to report their sightings through official channels, admitting that they had been aware of the ghost rocket phenomenon since May of 1946. Flappapalooza. Flappapalooza. Yeah, that's right. The ghost, the ghost rocket Flappapalooza. Since May of 1946, on July 9 alone, more than 200 reports were received. Wait, were they reports like... It, it happened once and 200 people saw it or uh, do we read into that as 200 sightings so that means 200 sightings on that night alone uh-huh. but if you're flying over a major metropolitan area lots of people are going to see it aren't they yeah well yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah so this is where it gets a bit weird okay so crashes occurred mm-hmm. almost always in lakes reports were made of objects crashing into the water then propelling themselves across the surface before sinking. The oh. Swedish military performed several dives in the affected lakes shortly after the crashes, but nothing was ever found, other than, the occasion, other than occasional craters in the lake bottom or torn-off aquatic plants. Interesting. See, that ties in with... That's not a new phenomenon. Like that it's idea it's of a USO unidentified submerge object is not new it's like, not new yeah it's not unique to this story and then where the hell are these things going yeah of the nearly 1000 reports that have been received by the swedish defense council to november 29 1946 225 were considered observations of real physical objects and every one had been seen in broad daylight on July 11, the U.S. Embassy in Stockholm, Sweden, prepared a secret memo that, in part, read as follows. For some weeks, there have been numerous reports of strange rocket-like missiles, a.k.a. flapper <laughs> seen in the Swedish and Finnish skies 
During the past few days, such reports of such objects of such flapapaloozas being seen have greatly increased. Military attaché is investigating. Mm. Oh, military attaché. What does that mean? He's investigating. <laughs> okay. We'll gloss over that. The best... No- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't very glossy. The best known of these crashes occurred on July 19, 1946, into Lake Kolmersnev, Sweden. Sweden. Witnesses reported a grey rocket-shaped object with wings crashing into the lake. One witness interviewed heard a thunderclap, possibly the object exploding. However, a three-week military search conducted in intensive secrecy again turned up nothing. The Swedish Air Force, who led this, um, the Swedish Air Force officer who led the search, Carl Gustav Bartol was interviewed in 1984, just prior to us. Yeah, just before us. He said their investigation suggested that the object largely disintegrated in flight. He speculated that the object may have been made of material designed to disintegrate, the military concluding the object was probably malfunctioned of... No, I've said it wrong. Probably (laughs) manufactured of a lightweight material, possibly a kind of magnesium alloy. Bartol insisted that... What people saw were real physical objects. Um, so there's Bartol there in the 1946. He's having a wee crack at uh, trying to work out what he's seeing. Oh, yes. Bit man a, on a barge a, made a, out of old pallets. Pretty shitty barge, I thought, yeah. eh? A yep. shit-ass barge. Do you know that, um, what was it? Forklifts were invented long before pallets? Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Like how tin cans were invented way before a can opener. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Wasn't it like toilet paper was invented before toilets? <laughs> <laughs> Sliced bread was invented before buns. Wasn't like the car invented before the wheel? Yeah, and like boats were invented before, before seas. Water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, computer mouse was actually invented long before the computer nice that's that sounds it sounds real yeah people used to hang them on their christmas trees dancing was invented before legs and music and walking (laughs) uh the more you know in july 1947 the oslo norway based newspaper afton posten did you subscribe to that Uh, still do you did books were invented before pages yes ran an article about a supposed or supposed crash from a man in Faring, we received this morning a sensational report that two rocket bombs crashed in Medjursa last night. They were shaped like ordinary planes, but were, were quite small, only two and one half meter wingspan, and came between twi- and came between 2400 hours and 0030 hours this morning from the west <laughs> at low height over the southerly part of Faring, where they were observed by many persons, among them at the Hassel, that's not right. You among them, the wrong at the, among them at the Hassel Bacon Inn. Ah, oh, sounds like a good place. The, the Ford one was not lighted. People noticed them because they heard a loud whistle, and directly after they came flying into sight at terrific speed, they went so low that trees were left swaying as they passed. Nearly midway out in Majosa, nearer the fairing side, the water took a big splash, and the spray stood many meters high in the air, where the objects disappeared. 
The ghost rocket reports were not just confined to Scandinavian countries either. Similar objects were soon reported early the following month by British army units in Greece. A number of projectiles were reportedly seen over Macedonia on September 1. In mid-September, they were also seen in Portugal and then in Belgium and Italy. Mm, so the Greek government were like, let's do our own thing. Let's, mm-hmm. let's work this out. Yeah. Because we're the Greeks. We have a government. We're <laughs> yeah. kind of we're kind of corrupt. We're not we're not we're not we're not great at running a country or an economy. But the Greeks we were can, the ones that made the wooden horse. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but that was old times. Yeah. Modern Greeks are like, we're not so great at this stuff. But let's, oh, let's, oh, really? That was old times? They didn't do that in World War II? Let's... In, <laughs> no, it's not here, it says. <laughs> so let's, let's investigate these, um, these, these um, the ghost rocket things. So at least the, the leading scientist, uh, Dr. Paul Santorini, was put in charge. Mm-hmm. Santorini had been a developer of the proximity fuse on the first A-bomb and held patents on guidance systems for missiles. So... Interesting. Did you know they used birds to guide missiles? Have you seen that? Um, Is this one of these funny things you were saying before? No, no. There was legitimately there was birds that they would um, put into a box and have a little TV screen with crosshairs. Yeah. And um, whenever uh, as they as they shot the uh, missile, um, the birds would sorry to train them for this they had this crosshair and when a silhouette of a boat um crossed in front of the crosshair they would peck yeah and then they would get a treat that's how they were trained so every time this crosshair um crossed on you know a a ship crossed in front of the crosshair they would peck and the rocket would calibrate for um you know now we know we're on the right path so they'd, they'd put these birds into rockets and have Jesus. little screens in them, and they would peck in the direction of the boat, thinking it was going to give them a treat. <laughs> and then blow up. Yeah. There was a... Um, you know when they fired a whole bunch of Mythbusters? Um, and it, they left it as, like, just Jamie and Adam, and there yeah. was the other three, Carrie, Tori, and Grant. Yeah. Um, those three had a Netflix series, I think, called The White Rabbit Project, and they talked about it on there. Wow. Fascinating. That's a good fun fact. And what they did, they did an experiment where they had like hula hoops hanging up in the um, ceiling and they used the same kind of technology to have a, a bird guide a drone through the hoop. Wow. Yeah. They didn't murder any birds though. No. That's nice. No, the birds live. With Carrie and Grant or whatever the hell their names <laughs> was, but not, not the other ones. Ouch. The other ones, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Anyway, flapper paloozas though, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're not lucky enough to be a white-tailed spider in your pants. Oh man, the damn white-tailed spider in my pants! <laughs> it lived. It's out there alive. It's still somewhere. alive. It's enjoying its move from the mountainous Queenstown to the the swamp-like the surrounds of, of Chicha. <laughs> so Santorini had been a developer of the proximity fuse for the first A bomb and held patents on guidance systems for missiles and radar systems. Involving Santorini birds. Santorini was supplied by the Greek army with a team of engineers to investigate what again were believed to be Russian missiles. Were they the same Greece. engineers that built that wooden horse? Because that was them, right? I think it was them, yeah. yeah. And um, so there's this common belief here. It talks about the fact that it was, um, you know, it was Russia that they had stolen some technology from the V two rockets and were just, you know, 
from Germany, Nazi Germany, and just flying their own test missiles. Yeah, that sounds like a Russian thing to do. It does. Not in, to be racist. In a 1967 lecture to the Greek Astronomical Society broadcast on Athens Radio, he first publicly revealed what they had found in his 1947 investigation. We soon established that they were not missiles, but before we could do any more, the army, after conferring with foreign officials, the U.S. Defense Department, ordered the investigation stopped. Foreign scientists from Washington flew to Greece for secret talks with me. Later, Santorini told UFO investigators that secrecy was invoked because officials were afraid to admit to a superior technology against which we have no possibility of defense. Whoa. Yeah, this is getting more real. Yeah, Yeah. more more real. The last reported Swedish sighting was filed by the New York Times for some reason on March 22, 1947. (laughs) Another of the phantom bombs was observed over the southern part of the country by several persons. Cigar-shaped metallic body, approximately 60 feet long, travelling at slow speed and making no noise. Judging from the smoke, the missile turned at a certain point and flew back eastward. It's like a BBC reporter voice. <laughs> or like that guy who did um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah. I think none of these, like, this is often like stuff that could have accents, but I'm just not doing accents. I'm just doing <laughs> stupid voices. In 1984, again, just prior to us, when the Swedish government finally opened its ghost rocket Flapperpalooza files, researchers found more than 1,500 reports had been secretly collected from 1950s, 40s, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> from, <laughs> from 1950-46 on from 1946 on official American reactions to the ghost rockets were classified secret until 1978 a four page summary of the ghost rocket events included one sighting detailed in an FBI report on 14 August 1946 at 10am a Swedish Air Force pilot was flying at 650 feet over central Sweden when he saw a dark, cigar-shaped object about 50 feet above and approximately 6,500 feet away from him, traveling at an estimated 400 miles an hour. 650 kilometers an hour. The missile had no visible wings. Radar or other... Radar is not right. It's rudder or other projecting part. (laughs) And there was no indication of any exhaust, flame, or light, as had been reported in the majority of the sightings. The missile was maintaining a constant altitude over the ground and, consequently, was following the large features of the terrain. A missile without wings is unable to maintain a constant altitude over hilly terrain. Perhaps the lingering mystery of the ghost rocket Flapperpalooza was best expressed by air engineer Eric Malmberg, once secretary of Sweden's Defence Staff Committee. Mr. Malmberg stated, I would like to, to say that everyone on the committee, as well as the chairman himself, was sure that the observed phenomena didn't originate from the Soviet Union. Nothing pointed to that solution. On the other hand, if the observations were correct, many details suggest that it was some kind of cruise missile that was fired on Sweden. 
but nobody had that kind of sophisticated technology. In 1946, and when I said sophisticated, I meant to say sophisticated. <laughs> really, that's, that's quite a detailed quote that it says all over the correct. Hashtag Flapapalooza. <laughs> um, question. Okay, raise your hand. Uh, Luke. What do you... So we all know there was a lot of flaps of UFO sightings post-World War II. And up until about 55? Yep, it was big because um, 1947 was old Kenny A. Kenny A. Kenneth Arnold. And his uh, sources skipped across the lake. Explain. Ken- Kenneth Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> and Roswell. Yeah, so Roswell was the, the obvious one that I was alluding to. But um, in and around that time, there was a lot of sightings all across there um, were. Uh, the US in particular. And we've looked at... Um, throughout Great Britain, mm. etc. Well, we've covered um, the Kenneth Arnold is sort of viewed as like the first, like the um, introduction to the world of the flying saucer, and we covered that in the episode. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a Mitzi Mirage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. That was just before Roswell, but around that same Nevada-ish mm. area. It was about two weeks before Roswell happened. So we probably talked about it in that episode, but why do you reckon? Why do we talk about it? No. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to produce some form of entertainment. Why do you think there was such a... Fl- <laughs> trying, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying our best. Um, well, not really our best. We're trying to entertain each other, and yeah. that's working. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, why do you think the sightings just um, elevated? I mean, I think, like, end of global comp- uh, co- um, conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, Meant w- what? meant there was new technology weapons um a nuclear age was dawning mm-hmm. um i think i think i mean i'm not going to take credit for this because i've read it elsewhere but it was really that that whole nuclear age was us kind of you know introducing ourselves to the universe that hey we've kind of come of age now mm-hmm. that um you know we've just all like we've just killed like 50 million of us in these stupid wars yeah and now we've developed this dis- destructive technology yeah so maybe babysitting alien races is like mm, but but have we check on these guys right so you think it's aliens um it might be i guess there was i'm thinking that is that was my so there was some i guess when i say an alien race it's a race other than us an extraterrestrial type race or a race that is what about us. um Thinking back to Sajal, yeah, what if it's I mean, not extraterrestrial? I, yeah, and again, I'm open to that. And no, no, I mean, originally I was very much of toward, you know, geared towards the extraterrestrial hypothesis that it was that. But now I'm more open to it, it being... Interdimensional. Um, interdimensional exactly, interdimensional. Mm. But um, what whatever you- we did, we made our mark. And, it's made, and I think someone stood up and took notice. So do you think that... Um because uh, my thing was that maybe there was one or two that were aliens and then it was all just uh human technology derived from alien technology yeah that's probably i mean that could be a big part of it too um i'm just like I, i'm not so sure about um what what we had or what there like whether roswell was the incident that happened that gave us technology or whether there were things before then right and um, as I'm getting through Secret Machines 2, it's... Mm, which I'm not, so no spoilers. Yeah, there's certain bits that are making me think maybe there was more before, or, yeah, 
just oh yeah i'm only like 130 pages in so still got a way to go <laughs> all right but um I'm doing better than you after the um christmas break we'll revisit that yeah we should we do a wee book review our book club oh my god our book club the lit's book club what do you mean we like, can talk about the book you're saying that like it's a thing what are you it saying because be. you want it to it be a thing it should be a thing oh, yeah. okay do a book review okay we can, we can both do a presentation on the same book yeah a, power, can, a powerpoint presentation or you can do that you can you can do secret machines um you have so little faith in me that you don't think i can finish book two <laughs> You want me to do book one because you know I've ticked that box. <laughs> well, I can at least read the blurb. Well, you could do book two, and maybe no, I no, can, no, it's okay. And I'll, do, and, I'll, and I'll do that finance book I'm reading. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, good story. Good hypothesizing and good flapper police. Yeah, beautiful flaps. Um. Should we? wind this episode up yeah i think so um we will move into the final segment of the show this is where we take the 1982 reader's digest version of mysteries of the unexplained i'll flick to a random page tony will tell me when to stop and i'll read one of the paranormal tidbits that lands on may i interject yes start the music from the page that we land on this is the segment we call get me some strange apologies for interjecting there i just really want to get the music started i love the song flicking now Cease. Oh, this one's got a bookmark. Oh, <laughs> a lit sticker. So, okay. What uh, what section have we touched down upon today? See any of uh, the green flags that indicate it's um, a highly used area? Appearances and disappearances. Oh, it's one of our favourites. One yeah. of your favourites. You the, say that was such derision. Yeah, here's derision. the here's the post-it note so you can mark it off. I tried to throw that to you, but it bounced back towards me. I'm going to give you two today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. A small one to finish, and I'll, I'll do a two-paragrapher to begin. Okay. British missionaries in Nepal were summoned to the deathbed of a Hindu priest in 1917. In the room, they found a 14-year-old Caucasian boy. The dying priest gestured toward him and said, I took this child from a street in Wimbledon, England in 1910. He gave no more details before dying. The missionaries informed the authorities who were unable to identify the boy's parents. All that the boy himself could say that was his name was Albert. He spent the rest of his life in India without ever learning anything more about his origins. Odd. (laughs) Yeah. How did that happen, I wonder? It's a bit, uh, I guess it was the early 1900s. Odd. And the final one, just to finish up. The crew of the ship Zebrina disappeared in October 1917 during a short voyage across the English Channel in good weather. There were no clues aboard. That's disappointing for them. It's the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally it. Probably sunk. I'm just going to give that... <laughs> Well, I assume they found the boat. The crew disappeared, not the boat. They found the boat. Doesn't say. It doesn't say hardly short. anything. Too <laughs> yeah, it yeah, literally well, says only those words I yeah, read. Yeah, okay. The lack of content can add further to the mystery of that one. So, on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us for our ho ho homus next week. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs>